Welcome to Cinerize Smart Sessions. Today we will talk about foundation models in artificial intelligence. What makes them so crucial for data science team? How they evolved? And what value they bring for the business? I'm with Jacek Dąbrowski, Chief AI Officer of Cinerize, and Marcin Słomka, Business Architect from Microsoft. Foundation models are probably the most important element of AI architecture, yet not very well known to the public. GPT is known for text. DAL-E is a foundation model for images. Cinerize in New York in January 2023 introduced MONAD, the foundation model for behavioral data. Jacek, could you describe Monad, and what was the original idea of it? Right. To give a little bit of a historical background, what are foundation models? These are usually very large models trained on a lot of data in a self-supervised way. Uh, what does that mean? That means that they are trained without any specific objective, a business context in mind. They are trained on the data to understand it, to learn good representations of inputs and to compress the data set in a meaningful way. So, for example, Google BERT, uh, GPT-3 and uh, similar models are trained on vast troves of text data. Uh, and their task is very simple. They just learn to predict the next token. So, a token is like a subword, a little piece of a word. Um, and thanks to this very simple self-supervised objective, they tend to learn a lot about the language itself, a lot about the world from the texts, and they exhibit remarkable properties, um, like, for example, being able to generate poems or being able to understand jokes, irony, etc. Uh, which was quite unexpected. Um, and the same case is for image models. Uh, the larger the data set, uh, the better the performance. Um, nowadays, we have a, a large outflow of um, generative AI models. People play around with them. There have been some open source ones like Stable Diffusion. Um, and everyone can suddenly generate very nice and uh, sometimes funny, sometimes useful images um, of various scenes, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a foundation model mm, is, is a major uh, game changer for AI. Uh, there are companies like Hugging Face, which um, primarily catalog um, and help people use foundation models, which are pre-trained. Mm -hmm. Um, and the job of a data scientist who previously had a very different task, because uh, in the past, if you wanted, for example, to develop a solution for sentiment classification, for, let's say, tweets on Twitter, or you wanted to extract named entities from text, you would usually build a custom model mm -hmm. with handcrafted features, with a dedicated architecture, with some injected expert knowledge, and that would take a lot of work. Um, nowadays, once you have a foundation model, you can just fine-tune it for a specific task, and it usually outperforms the best baselines possible. Right? So Monad is somewhat similar to those huge models. The main difference is that, uh, first of all, it's a private 
foundation model, which means that it's trained exclusively on the data of the customer. Um, and the second difference is that it doesn't handle just texts or images, but it handles behavioral data. So data generated by customers, by other possible um, human interactions, like employees, um, call center um, employees, for example, uh, or um, data generated by um, possibly anonymized entities like um, credit cards, um, cookies, etc., etc. Um, so the idea of Monad is um, ha has a long history. Uh, when we started uh, Sunrise AI around five years ago, um, we had a very difficult task in front of us um, to be able to handle a lot of different customers from various business sectors like banking, telco, e-commerce, offline retail, fashion, etc., etc., um, in a unified way uh, with a very small team. When we started back then, we had just seven people on board um, in the AI department, um, but the customers were very diverse. Right? So developing um, customized solutions and manually engineering features for every sector, every use case, was just impossible. Right? Um, we had to think about something different, something more general, mm -hmm. something which would allow us to scale. And that's when we started thinking about creating uh, more of a foundation model, which would be a common denominator for human behaviors, trained on the entirety of data available in a data warehouse. All right, excellent. So we have the background. We have the foundation of the foundation model. Now, let me ask Marcin. Uh, in 2017, Jacek referred to this date. Satya Nadella in Warsaw, he was actually playing with Cinerai's platform. He stressed then the artificial intelligence uh, we apply to the data, to heterogeneous data, and how we transfer this into the actions, in the real-time actions. Five years, almost six years has passed. How the world of analytical systems, how the world of artificial intelligence has changed since then? Sure, I will follow the question. I will answer the question by following the investment path of the Microsoft in the AI space. And the first area is definitely the technology and the research. We have like uh, eight global research centers in the world with over 1,000 specialists on board. We were the first company to deliver the cognitive models that were on par with the cognitive capabilities of the human being in the space of the in the, in the domain of the voice and, and uh, text uh, analysis. And uh, the second area that we invest very much is the partnership. Uh, Jacek has mentioned the hugging phase. So we are in strict cooperation with hugging phase. One can use the foundation models within the Azure as, a, as an endpoint. We are in cooperating with the Meta, so we are the, delivering them the computational power for building the foundational models uh, for, for, for language and computer vision they build. And we, also, we are also a customer of, of NVIDIA, our biggest models in Microsoft, like uh, Turing, which is, by the way, three times bigger in terms of the training parameters that ChatGPT DaVinci uh, has been built on top of the 
Nemo Megatron infrastructure of NVIDIA. And obviously the, the last thing and the most spectacular in terms of the recent news uh, announcement is of, of course now our cooperation with the OpenAI. And uh, we not only deliver the computational power for them, but also make the fruits of their work uh, available within the Azure. So now we have in the general availability the OpenAI services within Azure. So uh, you can now play with the mo language models Jacek has mentioned before, but let me just stress one thing that it, it's not only about the human language. There is also a very nice, nice part that is called Codex, which has been trained on top of the programming languages. So now you can, using for example a GitHub or, or our DevOps solutions, you can kind of uh, complete the, the whole procedures within the code using this uh, codec, uh, Codex feature. Okay, and so. What, from what you just said, I can conclude, and then tell me if it's, I'm right, that the work of data scientists now is more like a work of software developer than the uh, science. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer to that. And let me just may maybe a s make a step back and then comment on how the analytical, analytical ecosystem looks in many companies. So basically, a lot of them have got a very well established uh, AI infrastructure from tool set, skill set and, and for the processes. The only problem is that they have optimized for the producing uh, a vast number of batch models. And now reality has changed. We have real time and the real time is everything at the moment. So. Uh, in order to adapt, they have to uh, move to the cloud. And then uh, it, there are a lot of plausible arguments behind such a, such a move because, you know, calling to life of provisioning the resources for the AI lab in the cloud is like a snap of my fingers. On top of that, we can deliver a set of basic services like algorithms for regression, classification, outlier analysis, everything is there. And obviously, as you have mentioned, because right now we have to produce it in, in a, let's say, real-time mode and, and in, in the for the production, we have to follow the best practices from the computer programming space. That's why we have this MLOps, which is very close to, to the, the DevOps that we all know very, very well. And the last thing is uh, is probably or somehow related to Jacek has uh, mentioned before. What I can see is that before it was like when data scientist was facing the problem of building another model, he was usually building it from the scratch. But right now with this, you know, horn of abundance of various uh, models that are available from the uh, from the market, the, the foundation ones, he can just switch his uh, mindset and think about and rather look for the ready to use models that are already from the market. And uh, as I understand, there are plenty, of, and, and I know, there are plenty of models that cover modalities like a voice or, or vision or text, but the lacking uh, element of a chain is a, is a model that will cover the behavioral data. This is my understanding. For the last two years, Cinerize AI team competed head to head, like equal, with uh, Google uh, DeepMind, with Baidu, uh, with NVIDIA, and I must say, always on the podium. How do you see the future of Monad in the context what just Martin uh, said about the evolution of AI? Right. So Monad is in a pretty unique sweet spot, I would say, because what was the origin of the 
huge foundation models we, we've heard of today. Text data is extremely abundant, right? It's all over the internet. Mm -hmm. Images are all over the internet. Probably the next modality that's going to be solved are videos, right? Uh, so this was natural, uh, a natural process of evolution because scientists focused on the areas where the data was, right? Um, Synrise is in a very unique position of having access to a lot of customer data from very diverse business sectors, right? So this allows us to design Monad um, as a very universal tool for foundation modeling of behavioral data. Um, and thinking about the future, uh, you have to understand the current landscape that enterprises are facing. Usually, a typical enterprise has more than a dozen different data sources, um, a need for potentially thousands of machine learning models, uh, but they have a small team which has to include data engineers, data scientists, machine learning engineers, potentially some other roles as well. Uh, if you add MLOps people to that, that becomes a huge organization. Um, the data sources they have evolve, they change, they start to capture new data. Um, so this is a very dynamic landscape that requires maintenance, requires constant improvements, changes. And usually it is the case that a data science department is able to handle only a small part of business requirements that the higher-ups would love to have taken care of. Mm -hmm. So here comes um, Monad into the picture, where a single huge foundation model trained on the entirety of behavioral data can supercharge even a small data science team to develop potentially thousands of models of very high quality in a very short time without the need for constant maintenance because Monad handles all of that. The okay. feature engineering, the updates, the evolution part, this is covered. What the data science team has to focus on is just applications. And this is the way that I believe the future is going to look like whether for behavioral data, or for text data, or for other kinds of data. Because there's just not enough experts to build an in-house, super powerful model from scratch in every company. Okay, clear. So, in two words, complexity to simplicity. Exactly. A lot of things boil down to very simple, user-friendly application of the uh, models that could be handled by small agile team in practically any organization. So back from future to the present. In few words, just for me as the university graduate, please describe how Monad works. Okay. Mm. Monad is based on a research that we've conducted over the last few years. Um, it spans from graph machine learning and hypergraph um, embeddings through um, different kinds of neural architectures and differential geometry. Those are probably not the right words um, for general university level. Thank uh, you for not <laughs> using Riemannian geometry. Right. <laughs> but, but very simply speaking, mm. imagine, um, imagine your behavioral history is a large enriched bank statement, mm -hmm. which lists 
all your historical behaviors, like money transfers, credit card purchases, um, online uh, behaviors, mobile app usage, etc., etc., call center activity, whatever events you've generated. Now, Mona takes all of your past behaviors and represents them in a very efficient data structure, which is fed into a neural network. This efficient data structure is based on our proprietary algorithms, but it basically allows us to reconstruct your behaviors pretty accurately mm -hmm. from this single vector. Okay. Now, the neural network is tasked with predicting your future behaviors based on your past behaviors. And that happens for all the customers within a customer's ecosystem. So you could say that Monad is predicting a full spectrum of future behaviors, obviously those which can be observed in the customer's data, mm -hmm. based on the customer's history. And once you have such a model, it can be very easily fine-tuned to answer many, many, many questions. questions. Clear. I was uh, I was simple. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, let's stay in the uh, uh, in the technical area. Martin, how would you, from your perspective, from Microsoft pos uh, perspective, position Monad versus Azure ML Studio? Mm -hmm. So basically, Azure ML is the foundation for all the activities that are done within the let's say competencies of the uh, AI team. And on top of that, we are planting uh, various cognitive services that are you know, derived from the pre-trained huge uh, models. And obviously, we have many of them already in use on the Azure. And the, the, the most noble ones are, of course, the, the ones coming from the OpenAI GPT-3 or Codex mentioned before. But we also have a Turing, which is a huge uh, language model. We have, the, we have a CodeZ, which is a translational service. We do have a computer vision service, which is called Florence. So there are many of them. We also, add, on top of it, we also add some specialized services like a form recognizer that is typically used for analyzing the documents and, and extracting all the data that is needed. There are plenty of them, and basically they are covering all the modalities related to voice, text, and, and vision. As I said before, the problem is that in the, there is a gap in the spectra. We still need a, a good solution for building a universal representation about the customer behavior. And here, when I see, I see uh, the, the monad as a feeling part of the whole spectra. And to some extent, I, I think of it as that monad, that uh, ChatGPT is. Uh, this thing to the to the to the language as a as a mona to the behavioral data so Very this well is said. yeah and it fulls the fulfills the whole spectra here i would like to add one thing mona is currently able to be deployed on azure uh, fully uh, mm -hmm. it's in the form of a docker image um, and the language of monad uh, is PyTorch, which is supported fully by Azure ML. Also, the user interface for Monad are Jupyter Notebooks, which are also natively supported by Azure ML. So um, the whole lifecycle of Monad can be handled from within Azure ML. It's like Azure ML can handle the MLOps parts, the model management part, the scalability part, while Monad 
handles the understanding of behavioral data. Yes, absolutely. That's a full integration. The only difference between what we deliver in the Azure and, and what is delivered by Monad is that Monad is a kind of a private foundation model, so it needs to be trying on the specifically on the customer data. And this opens uh, uh, the whole spectra of, of uh, opportunities for the data science team because it can boost the already used model or it can uh, open uh, completely new opportunities for the model that, ha that has never been built within this data science team. What I really like about the promise of Modat is the fact that you don't have to be a domain expert to prepare and to, to craft the features. It was the most mundane and most difficult part in, the, in, the, in every machine learning task. And right now it seems like you have a very good patent for that to somehow load off this burden from, from the data scientist back. All right, so three things. We fit nicely into Azure uh, ML Studio. We complement it. Through this, we are available to basically the whole world to the companies large and small. And then the third one is the private foundation model. So we can operate on the private, the data that is related and owned by a single company, which is super important now, where the privacy, the data privacy, um, takes the, um, the stage of the, uh, probably the most important subject now uh, across the, uh, the whole globe from US through U EU. So, um, those three elements are worth to remember. So we talk about uh, origins of uh, foundation uh, models. We talk about evolution of foundation models. We talk about some technical aspect of foundation models. We talk about origin of Monad. Let's talk about what value Monad brings to business because with the great power comes also great responsibility mostly responsibility for PNL for profit and loss. So Jacek, could you give our viewers the, um, the, the feeling what benefits to business Monad can offer? Right, okay. So first of all, the deployment of Monad is super fast. We just need to connect the data sources, configure um, where the um, customer data is, uh, and Monad uh, goes on an autopilot uh, to train itself. So this is hands-off. Um, subsequently, once a foundation model is ready, um, supervised models can be fine-tuned. Um, such a supervised model um, trains a lot faster than a standard model and usually achieves a significantly better performance. In cases where labeled data is required, for example, if a company would like to extrapolate some survey data, which might be limited in scope, to their general population of customers, Monad reduces the number of data points required by more than three times. So, um, a very short life cycle um, of deploying Monad, below five days usually, um, and then extremely fast model training iteration. So this brings us to the key advantage of Monad. Instead of maintaining a very, very large population of data engineers, data scientists, machine learning engineers, and the need to constantly scale that department to meet 
business requirements of more and more advanced and more comprehensive uh, machine learning applications. You can run all of this with a small team, with Monad, um, without the need for all this boring manual work. You just focus on ideas and quick verification. You can fail fast, you can win quickly as well. So this is the core value of Monad for business. Okay, so efficiency, power, efficiency on data, so using much less data to produce meaningful algorithms. And at the end of the day, also the metrics, which are you know, typically much better than the, uh, the baseline metrics. But we know from the market that the uh, data science teams are very expensive to keep, data scientists are expensive to attract and also expensive to keep. So not every company, even large, can afford or can have the data science teams. And then I'd like to ask Marcin, because Microsoft is known for extensive partner network. Uh, you have the partners all over the world, the, uh, the partners that are uh, from the smallest to the largest companies in the IT business. How the leading IT companies like Accenture, McKinsey, PwC can use Monad to include in their business offers? You know, the company you have mentioned are regularly working in the advisory space. So they are, you know, mm -hmm. producing a lot of business hypotheses and, you know, by building the huge pipeline of the hypothesis, you need a tool that will quickly verify whether they make sense or not. And by that you are kind of, a, you know, uh, and it, irrespective whether it will be confirmed or 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 failed, because fail fast is also a value for a for a for a company. So I would say that uh, it's it's a, a very good gating mechanism for uh, selecting the right ideas and dropping the, the the bad ones. And the second thing, and I used to be a. a, a I used to run a huge data science uh, team at the customer site and uh, stepping into my old shoes, I would say that I would love to have a, a general representation of the customer as a product delivered by a, by a company like that or done internally. It depends on the, let's say, some nuances within, within the company. But basically, it's a product of a great value and I would, I would love to have something like that to check it against what I have and maybe find a new potential. As well. So prototyping and the uh, Monad as a consulting service for the customers that have not powerful to have the own data science. Configured Monad as a final product to be delivered to the data science team. Excellent. Right. We need to wrap up. So as you remember, in 2022, in December, Chat GPT came up as the uh, some kind of a revelation. Suddenly, everyone was um, uh, an AI expert um, uh, using this uh, service. What, in your opinion, 2023 will bring in the area of artificial intelligence? I will not speculate on the future, but I definitely would love to see much more attention paid on the 
on the let's say modeling of the decisions because we are right now in the in the business of modeling the future so basically we answer the question what will happen but i see a lot of industries where you know uh, what will happen is important but what optimal decision to take is even more important and unfortunately the whole part related to reinforcement learning or uh, operational research is not at the spotlight at the moment i i hope that it will come back and 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 gain its part of of the share Yeah, we're also driving uh, a little bit of research in Monad in this direction, so I'm happy uh, that Martin uh, believes it's important. Uh, my, my prediction for, for the coming year uh, is very simple. Uh, I, I think the next domains where there is a lot of data will be tackled, so primarily video content. Uh, possibly um, also generated content like uh, for metaverse gaming stuff like this involving 3D graphics. Video, metaverse, new yeah. world. Yeah, we AI. should see the analog of DALI stable diffusion for 3D video content. Exciting, exciting times. So what GPT is for text, Monad is for behavioral data. Stay tuned for the success stories of our customers coming in 2023 based on Monad. Thank you very much for your visit. Thank you very much Pleasure. for sharing with us enormous news and the fantastic uh, stories of uh, foundation models in AI.